great way to rock your neighborhood, hey? I mean, imagine uh, 50 kids showing up in a school bus parked outside your house. I mean, that's the way to get to know your neighbors, right there. Um, get them to, you know, help you and someone encourage you. If uh, you, you kind of want to rock your neighborhood, do that. It would be really cool. Um, and, uh, yeah, the, the, the single mom's night out. Uh, I think we as a family, as, as a body of believers here, man, we can, we can be a blessing to, to a lot of these single moms. Just think of the single moms you know and what a blessing it would be um, for us just to serve them. Just behind the scenes, looking after kids, serving food, uh, helping with security, parking, that kind of stuff. Just being a blessing. So uh, if you can't make it that evening, make sure you get your bag in. Um, and if you really want to help and can't make it, come speak to one of us as well. Okay. So uh, we're, we've been pulling the thread of wisdom in Proverbs for, for quite a while now. And uh, we have one more th- this Sunday and next Sunday, and then we're going to go into an Advent series. But uh, so we're, we're kind of getting to the end of Proverbs, but we've been pulling these, all these different threads, and, and hopefully by now, some of these threads have, have kind of come together to build this beautiful tapestry. I think this is a cool thing about Proverbs. There is no area in Proverbs of life that they don't speak to, that, that Solomon or, or some of the other writers of Proverbs, uh, there's no area that, that is not addressed, okay? And one of the, the cool things about as a church, the, when, we, when we go through a book, we, uh, we try not to skimp, okay? We, try not, we don't go like, well, this is a really hard chapter. We're going to skip this chapter. Um, and uh, we've, been, we've been kind of been throwing the idea around of where we go after. Um, so so just, just so that you know, we're kind of Advent series. I'm going to do a little bit on kind of just the church, maybe giving, that kind of stuff. And then we're going to go into the real God. And then we're praying and, and and we'd like you guys to pray with us. Why don't we go into Revelation? So, uh, you know, we don't want to skip um, any, because we can do that. Like, especially when we read our God's Word, we can kind of skip over the hard parts. Uh, and so this morning, we don't want to skip over hard part. We want to talk about conflict, okay? Because Proverbs um, does speak about conflict. Um, and, and, and conflict is when, when, when two people uh, and their relations or their countries or their groups are at odds. And, and so conflict is always, um, is always about people. And so uh, folks who might have opposing views, um, opposing opinions, opposing uh, perspectives, um, maybe even just different conclusions, uh, just viewing things differently or feeling very strongly about things in, in, in opposing ways. And um, if you read, uh, if you go and look about look up conflict, and um, and if any of you in the business world, they, they kind of have models of like, hey, this is your conflict style, and um, there's there's you know there's so many things that affect that our personality, um, maybe even our upbringing, what what uh, how was conflict handled in your home, and uh, that might affect the, your style of conflict, maybe previous experience um, as an adult or or as a child, uh, or, or maybe it's just the circumstances you find yourself in. Uh, but uh, yeah, there's, there's, there's kind of a couple models out there. One, of the, one that I, I like is, um, is they kind of identify a few different animals, but they're not all animals, because the first one is the teddy bear. It's kind of the accommodating, you know, when, it, when in terms of conflict, they're always just very accommodating. That there's a teddy bear that's just super huggable, and, and there's never any conflict. They just accommodate. They kind of get walked over. 
Um, and then there's the, the turtle or the tortoise. You know, the typical style is if, if there's conflict, what do they do? They just, they just pull in and, and, and hide and avoid. So that's the avoidance one. Um, then you have some folks who uh, are sharks. Uh, you know, the smell of blood and they're there. Uh, and, and, and they're the competing, um, you know, just very competitive and, and will really drive conflict sometimes. Uh, you have the compromising folks, uh, kind of the fox, that that'll, will kind of dart here and there and, and kind of do different things. Uh, or you might have um, some folks that, that are, are collaborating. You know, we, we work together, and, and that's kind of the wise owl. The, the, the animal there is the wise owl. And so, you know, you can kind of identify and take tests and figure out who you are. But I think, I think sometimes we're different in different circumstances on different days, um, and, and, and we deal with conflict differently. But the question I want to look at this morning is, how do we deal with conflict in a healthy way and in a biblical way? Okay? And so just, just a bit of a framework. First of all, I, w- I want to say is conflict is unavoidable. Okay? I just want to put that out there. We're not going to hope, you know, the aim is not when you walk out that door that you'll never have conflict again in your life. That, that's a hollow promise. No one can promise that. You're going to have conflict, okay? It's unavoidable. Um, and, and the goal is for us to deal with conflict in a healthy way, okay? Because I think we can deal with conflict in a healthy way. Too often we deal with conflict in an unhealthy way. Um, kind of just some, some stuff I just need to say is some conflict... Some conflicts cannot be resolved um, because you're not the only one in conflict. Usually there is a person um, opposing you, and sometimes they are not prepared to have this resolved, and sometimes we're just going to have to live with some unresolved conflict, uh, which is hard. Um, And so conflict can be one-sided, it can be mutual, um, but we also need to realize that conflict often leads to, to deep hurt and 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 a lot of pain. But here's the flip side of that. Conflict can lead to amazing growth uh, and, and, and something beautiful as well. And so be careful. Don't think of conflict just as negative. There are times where, where conflict, where folks can come to us and speak into our lives, and there's maybe conflict, and maybe, hopefully, uh, if, if they've been truthful and honest and accurate, we realize, you know, this is an area I need to grow in. And, and we can really grow and, and develop and, and mature in that area. So let's unpack um, conflict. I think, you know, where does conflict start? Uh, and, and James chapter 4, uh, just as a lead-in to this, I think speaks uh, a couple places in God's Word speak to this. But James chapter 4 says, James asks the question, what causes fights and quarrels among you? What causes it? Uh, where does it start? And he answers it, answers it by saying, don't they come from your desires that battle within you. So you ask the question, what causes fights and quarrels among you? And he's speaking specifically to believers at this point. And he says, don't they come from your desires that battle within you? You desire, but do not have, so you kill. You covet, but you cannot get what you want, so you quarrel and fight. You don't have, because you do not ask God. And and, and he's speaking also in the context of prayer and, and how we approach God. But, but James says that the, the, the process kind of starts in our hearts, okay? The pr- this, this road, think of this path of conflict. It starts with what's going on in our hearts. Um, so we desire something. We believe we should 
have something. We believe we should be respected in, in a certain way. We believe that, that something is ours and, and someone's kind of infringing on that. Um, and, and, you know, the result is there's a belief, there's usually an event, and, and then the conflict starts. But we've got to look at what are those beliefs. Um, so here's an example. I find that when, when I'm driving and I'm late for something, I have a lot more conflict with the traffic around me. Yeah, because they are wasting my time. They need to get out of the way. They need, they need to follow the rules. Um, you know, the, the, one, the one that gets me every time is, is if you're coming off 3580 and you're going to head north on 141, you don't have to stop, folks. <laughs> like, just, just be aware. If you're turning right, you don't have to stop. The signs are very clear. Now, on a good day, when I'm not late... I am patient with the folks ahead of me. I'm like, you know, they're not from this county, they're not from this state, or they just don't read. It's okay, <laughs> folks. But, <coughs> but if I'm late, if my desire is that I need to get going and I need to get there, um, do, do you see how our desires kind of preload us? They, they kind of preempt some conflict. Um, and, and so... Yeah, then, then all of a sudden, you know, I believe that you're wasting my time and you're in my way. And because of that belief, it, it, it can lead to some conflict. But yeah, when I'm not in a rush and, and my value, my belief is that I want to arrive safely somewhere, I have a lot less conflict in, in traffic. And I think the same works in, in, our, in our families. I, I was just thinking about our, our families, like maybe raising kids. And, and, and we believe something has to be done this way in, in, in a certain way. And when our kids or, or spouses or people around us don't do that, it leads to conflict. It really leads to conflict. So conflict often starts with these beliefs, these values, these, these things that we hold dear. And I think we have to ask the question, why? And, and is that valid? Um, what's going on in my heart? Because what's going on in my heart affects the outcome of the conflict. And so it starts with this belief of value. And, and it's like, I was tempted this morning to bring a, a gas can and, and a lighter in, okay? But I didn't have time to empty my gas can, so, and I thought bringing a gas can and a lighter together. But the gas can, the fuel, is, is our belief. It's what's going on in our hearts. It's those things that we say, it's got to go this way, it has to happen this way, my way, or or or. There's just a, a, a deep-seated belief, and it's kind of the fuel. And the fuel can sit there safely, no problem. But when you add a spark or a flame to that fuel, now all of a sudden you've got a fire, okay? And so, yeah, some people, I think, walk around uh, not just with a gas can, but with a gas can open pouring gas over everything the whole time. I mean, some, some folks just seem to be contentious, I think is a great word. Uh, they're just contentious. The, no matter what happens, there's going to be conflict. They kind of, they, it's almost like they walk around with those flamethrowers. You know, they, they just got the fuel and the light are all built into one, and they're just like flaming everyone. And so if we want to have healthy conflict, I, I don't think we can get away from the conflict. We can't get away from the, the ignition source, the, the, the spark or the flame. That's going to be there. People are going to be throwing, um, burning pieces of paper and embers and coals at you, okay? The question is, is, is what's the state of your fuel? 
What's the state of your heart? Where's your heart before the incident, okay? And if you've got gas leaking out all over you, when someone comes along and throws that burning ember at you, it's going to burn. <laughs> it's going to go up in flames. Um, and so what we do as well sometimes with conflict is sometimes we see someone's life already in flames, and, and we're like, man, I want to go and add some gas to that fire. Uh, we can do that. So Proverbs 24, verse 29 says, um, Do not say, I will do to them as they have done to me. I'll pay them back for what they did. See, I think that's adding fuel to the fire. When someone has maybe come and, and, and lit us up, and we're like, all right, I'm going to pay you back. I'm going to get back at you um, for what you've done. And, and so I think, I think we need to be careful in terms of our, our just, where's our heart? We've got to ask ourselves, where's our heart? Um, because the result of conflict is, is, can be pretty severe. Uh, Proverbs 17, 14 says, starting a quarrel is like breaching a dam. So drop the matter before a dispute breaks out. And I don't know if you, if you guys have ever been, or, or if you've, you've, you've driven around and seen like earth dams, okay? Uh, maybe, you know, smaller dams, and it just has a, a wall that's just built up of, of, of the soil and the ground that's there. And if you think about it, if you just, if a dam's nice and full, okay, and you took a shovel or, or, or something and you just started making a hole and the water started flowing through that little hole, what's going to happen? Yeah, it, it takes a little bit of time, but, but pretty soon, you know, once the water starts flowing, it starts eroding. The, and, and within like 20 minutes, probably, that whole dam could be empty. And, and you, you can drive around and see, um, I saw, saw a lot of them in Nebraska for some reason. Like, I don't know why, but you drive around on the interstate there and you see these, you know, there's this dry, there used to be a dam wall, but it's got this massive gap in it. And there's just a little, little stream in the bottom. And so all that potential, there's, there's all this potential, and I think that's the thing about conflict. There's all this potential behind that damn wall. And if we, if we keep our, our hearts in a good way and we don't start digging away at that damn wall, it's going <laughs> to... One M. Okay? I thought of that. I was going to say a reservoir wall. So if we don't, if we don't, if we don't dig away at that reservoir wall, um, seriously? Okay. But you see, now if I was preloaded, I'd really light into you guys. Okay. But I love you guys. And so um, yeah. But it's a be- that, that reservoir. It's a beautiful image of of just how destructive. And how powerful conflict can be. Uh, conflict can be very, very powerful. And so, so I think we need to recognize conflict has these ingredients. It has the fuel, which I think is the desires in our hearts. It's, the, it's those things that we say, you know what, I'm going to die on this hill. I, I, if, if they do this to me, and, and we, we kind of can preload it. You know, this is, I'm, I'm really passionate about this. And if there's a spark then all of a sudden we have conflict. And, and now, I, I want to be clear, because I think there are some things we need to be preloaded on. There are some things that we need to say, hey, don't cross this line. And, and, and there is um, a time and a place for conflict. And so we've got to be very aware of, of what, what, are we, what is our fuel 
um, what's there and, and, and what's going to light us off, okay? Um, because that, that spark can be a conversation. It can be an email that someone sends you. It could be uh, someone cutting you off on the road. It, it could be a meeting that's scheduled and you might, maybe, you know, you've been called into a meeting and you know that meeting's Tuesday morning and the whole week uh, leading up to it, you're, you're like just, oh, I'm going to, if they say this, then I'm just going to say this. And you kind of start throwing fuel around. You start leaking fuel. You know, if, if we're going to go in this direction, I'm just going to, I'm going to blow up. I'm just going to let them have it. Um, and so we need to guard our fuel carefully. See, I think, yeah, as I said, there are times where conflict is healthy, where we need to stand up for injustice, where we need to fight. Um, we, just over the last few weeks, we watch this movie. If, if anyone has Netflix, go and watch it. It's called uh, Resistance Bankers. And it's, it's, a it's based on a true story of these bankers in Holland, in Amsterdam, who fund the, the resistance in the Second World War against the Nazis. And, and they, they end up forging bonds and all this kind of stuff. And they, they end up, like, ethically... <laughs> spending all of this money to, to pay for people's salaries and, and kind of help people in the resistance. And, and I was thinking about it, and, and they end up, um, quite a few of them end up dying. Um, and, and it's based on a true story. Uh, and I was just looking, watching this movie, thinking, okay, when, when is it time for us to stand up and be involved in conflict, to go against other people, and to really, to throw fuel on the fire? And to do it in a wise way. And I think there are times where we need to rise up um, and get involved in the conflict. Um, there are. But, but we have to be very, very careful when we do that. And I believe that that takes a lot of prayer. Okay? So, um, yeah. Um, what, is, what does wisdom say? What does Proverbs say about conflict? We've got a few examples of, you know, breaching the dam there. And, but it says uh, in Proverbs chapter 10, verse 12, it says, hatred stirs up conflict. Hatred stirs up conflict. Hatred is the fuel here, okay? That's the fuel, and it stirs up conflict. It, it, it fuels conflict. It gets the fire going. It's like pouring gas on a fire that's already been lit. I don't know if any of you have done that. Uh, you're likely to come away with, you know, singed eyebrows and all that kind of stuff. I mean, there's, you, there's all these videos of folks doing it. It's like, guys, the fire's going. You don't need to throw gas on it. But, but sometimes we do that. So hatred stirs up conflict. But, so often Proverbs does this. It says, gives an example of what we shouldn't do. And then it gives the solution. It says, but love covers over all wrongs. Hatred's the fuel. It increases conflict. It stirs it up. But love covers over and so if you have a fire burning and, and you're not sure how to put it out, if, if you cover it, it it'll, it'll be extinguished. And so love is like this, this blanket that, that covers over the fire and puts the fire out. It starves the fire of fuel. So love starves the fire of conflict of fuel. So love covers over wrongs. It puts out the flames. Uh, Proverbs 17.9 I really enjoyed this, this proverb this week. It says, whoever would foster love, and we're going to unpack those two words, whoever would foster love covers over an, if, an offense, but whoever repeats the matter 
separates close friends. And so that repeating the matter is if we, maybe you have folks like this in your life who, who, who just won't let go of something, something that happened a long time ago, and they just, they just got to, they, they do it over and over again, they won't let go, or they just keep on and they're like, they just keep on throwing matches at you, you know, just to test, hey, you, you got some fuel leaking, I'm just going to throw matches at you all the time. That's the ones who repeat a matter, they separate close friends, it damages relationships, it ruins relationships, it causes folks to, to separate. But the first part of Proverbs 17, 9, whoever would foster love covers over an offense. Fostering love. I spent some time just thinking about that word fostering, and so we, we use it kind of in, in two contexts. Um, we talk about foster parents, and, and it, you know, parents who, who take in a child, and what do they do to that child? They love them. They care for them. They feed them. They nurture them. And that, that's what it means to foster something. If you want to foster a relationship, you've got to feed it, you've got to nurture it, you've got to, you've got to build into it. Um, you've got to and, 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 and it causes growth. So if you foster something, I was thinking of, of even fostering a plant, like you can, you can kind of water it and, and, and give it fertilizer and keep it you know, from the frost and you, you protect it. So if you foster something, you protect it. <coughs> but fostering is, is a long-term um, it's not something that just happens once. Fostering takes time. And, and if you've ever been around parents who've fostered children, especially older kids, sometimes it takes a long time to really break through to that kid. You've got you to pour a lot of love into some of these kids who've come from really hard backgrounds. And, and so when you speak to foster parents, they're like, man, we're just, we're just pouring love into this kid for years and years and years and years. And, and we hope and we trust that God is going to take that and make something beautiful. But the results take time, and it's, it's, fostering is very active. You have to give a lot in fostering. And so it says, whoever fosters love covers over an offense, covers over a conflict. And so we're called to foster love. And again, we have to define love. So we've defined the word fostering, but we have to define this word love, because so often we just, you know, love, oh, it's just this warm, mushy feeling. And it's, no, love is very very intentional. Um, love is an action as well. Um, I think 1 Corinthians 13, uh, Paul writes in verses 4 through 7, he says, love is patient. And so think about this in terms of fostering and fostering love. Love is patient. Love fosters patience. Love is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not boast. Love is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It's not self-seeking. It's not easily angered, keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices in the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. And so if we want to, if we want to address conflict, I think the, the solution to having healthy conflict and not unhealthy conflict is for us to foster love, to foster love. Um, and, and, I, and it says, yeah, love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. 
I think one of the, one of the reasons conflict can be so painful is because, because conflict, I think, always gets personal. Um, you know, when someone cuts me off in traffic, it, it's about the issue, but, but I'm, I'm really quick to become personal. When that person is just a, you know, fill in the blanks. Um, when, when our, maybe when our coworkers do something against us, and, and maybe it's just an event, it's something they do, a circumstance, it gets personal. We make conflict very personal. And if you've ever seen a, a, a full-on argument with people, Folks start talking about an issue. Hey, you forgot to do this, or you, you failed to do this. And, and often, when in unhealthy conflict, it, it kind of migrates. It, it runs the road. The fuel and the fire, it becomes very personal, and people get burnt. and becomes very, very personal. And so I believe that the, the solution, to, or, or the way we get to healthy conflict, also has to be personal. We can't just go like, well... You know, we, we just got to focus on, on just the event and, and, and make sure that, that we, we stay away from getting personal. No, I think we actually have to be personal. And how are we being personal in resolving conflict? By fostering love. See, I think so often in our, in our conflict resolution, we're like, all right, just stick with the facts. You know, don't, don't, don't let any emotions or, 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 or feelings or anything like that, don't get personal. And just stick with the facts. I believe as, as, as believers, and, and, and so if you're going to just stick with the facts, yes, you may avoid conflict for some time. But at some stage, it's going to get personal. And so I believe as, as Christians, as believers, as people who are in relationship with Jesus, who love God, when we get into conflict, we need to be personal. But we're not, we must be personal in, in, in hating, in, in personal, in, in going against people. But we need to be personal in loving in fostering love. We need to get personal in fostering love because those who foster love will cover over many offenses, cover over a lot of sin, a lot of mistakes. Okay, so how do we get personal? How do we get personal in a conflict? How do we protect our hearts from from just automatically just flaming that person, just throwing fuel on the fire in that conflict. I think the only way we can get personal with anyone else is by being personal with God. I think it starts with us fostering love, fostering our relationship with Christ. When we foster our relationship with Christ... um, yeah, my driving is much better when I'm with Jesus. Um, my parenting is much better when I'm with Jesus. My marriage relationship is much better when I'm fostering that love relationship with Jesus. Um, the way I interact with you guys is much better when I'm fostering my relationship with Jesus. See, I think as we foster our relationship with Jesus, as we as we work at it, okay? And, and, and this is active. This is not just... Jesus, I really feel loving towards you. No, this is actually taking action so that my love grows, so that my love is nurtured, so that my love is, is, is protected and, and increases. I have to take action. I have to foster my love with Christ. 
And so I believe the first step in, in really leading towards healthy conflict is, is looking at ourselves, okay? Because so often in conflict, we, we, we just focus purely on the other person. Don't we do that? I mean, it's all about them, isn't it? It's all their fault, and it's all, you know, their issues and, and their junk. But I believe the first step in, in moving towards healthy conflict is us fostering a relationship with God, with Jesus Christ, nurturing that relationship, feeding that relationship, caring for that relationship, okay? So that's the first step. I think then, once, we, once we've got that relationship going well, we can slowly start fostering our relationship with the person that we're in conflict with. We can start praying for them. It's, it's hard to, to get into conflict with the person that you pray for regularly. It's hard to get into conflict with that. It happens, okay? I mean, if, they, if they're messing up and, and we need to rise up, but then our conflict's healthy and we don't, get, we don't get so negative about it. And so fostering our love with Christ and then fostering our love with that person that we're in conflict with. Yeah, I, I, I'd encourage you, um, think about this proverb through this next week. Whoever would foster love covers over an offense, but whoever repeats the matter separates close friends. So I want to ask you, which whoever are you? Are you a whoever, are you one of those people who fosters love and covers over an offense? Or are you a person who repeats the matter and, and has separated friends, have separated families, have separated business partners? Do you have a trail of kind of burnt people behind you, broken dams behind you, where you keep on just scratching? So yeah, Proverbs 17, 9, whoever would foster love covers over an offense. Folks, I believe we, need, we are called to be those people. We are called to foster love, first of all, with, with our God, and then secondly, with those around us. Let's pray. Jesus, would you show us very clearly who we are? Lord, as we, as we look in our lives, look back in the just past week and month and years, Lord, are we, are we people who foster love? Are we people who have um, spent time with you, nurturing that love, feeding that love, spending time in your word, spending time in prayer, spending time just meditating, taking time to ask and pray before we get involved in conflict. Oh Lord, have we become people who um, maybe are, are self-righteous and love conflict, feel that we have an opinion that, that needs to be uh, imposed on others. Maybe, maybe our belief that we're always right or that we have to be right or that, that we have to win every conflict. But Jesus, I pray that you'd expose our hearts. How do we deal with conflict? Have we fostered love? And, and so Jesus, as, as we just spend time in your gospel and just see how you dealt with conflict, how there were times where you would 
turn the other cheek and be silent and, and, and not add fuel to the fire. Lord, I, I think of just the week leading up to your crucifixion where just the accusations against you and the beatings. And Lord, we know you, you could have called down a legion of angels and, and, and whooped the, the Romans and the Pharisees. But Lord, there are times where you we just took it. And so, Lord, give us wisdom. Help us to foster love. And Lord, I believe that, yeah, Jesus, leading up to the crucifixion, that where you stood over Jerusalem and you wept over Jerusalem, where, where that love, where you just poured out your love for your people because you, you love and you love those people. You willingly went to the cross. And Jesus, your example is at other times where, where you would throw fuel on the fire, where you cleared the temple and, and there was definitely conflict. Lord, help us to, to know and to, to be wise about when do we need to rise up and get involved in conflict and when do we need to be peacemakers? When do we need to allow love to <coughs> just foster peace? So, Father, we, we pray that you give us wisdom. Lord, I want to pray specifically just for each person here this morning, Lord, that each one of us would, would think about the conflicts that we are involved with right now. Because, Lord, I don't think there's anyone out there who, who is, does not have a person or, or a group of people that they are, are not in conflict with right now. So, Father, would, would you just bring to mind those people? And, Father, would you increase our love for them? Would you help us to pray for them? Would you help us to foster our love for them? to grow and nurture and, and feed our love for them. And Jesus, that's hard to do because there are some really hard people out there. But Father, I pray that as we nurture and grow our love for you, that we would be able to do that, Jesus, that we would be able to love well, to love boldly. So Jesus, in, in our conflict, would you, would you help us? Would we always take time to pray? Would we would just spend time with you and just foster love, Jesus. Yeah, help us to foster love this week. Uh, Lord, especially as we go into Thanksgiving and we, we hang out with our families, Lord, would you help us to foster love um, for, for our families and for those um, that you call us to love, Jesus. Yeah, we pray this all in your name. All Jesus, all, all God's people said, Amen.